Hello, and welcome to Greater Faith. You're listening to The Law of the Harvest, Part 1, a message from Pastor Aslini. We hope that today's message blesses and encourages you as you go through your day. The timing of tonight's lesson is very important because God, as I was just describing, is changing the culture here at Greater Faith. You can amen on a Wednesday. It's allowed. Hallelujah. He is bringing us back to places we have not been for a long time. Hallelujah. Man, I feel the Holy Ghost just saying that. Mm. God is doing a great work here. The culture is shifting. The mindset is shifting. And we are moving in the right direction, and we are moving there quickly. Praise God. Hallelujah. Galatians 6, 7 has long been referred to as the law of the harvest. You reap what you... All right, you guys are warming up. Praise God. We say that. We quote it. We speak it over other people's lives. But my question to you tonight is, do we really understand the gravity of what that means? The first thing I want to pull out of this text tonight is that there are no omissions or exceptions given to us in the law of harvest. Everyone is a sower. Everyone is a reaper. And everyone reaps what they sow. While it may sound simple, and it is, living for God is simple. The truth is simple. When you start feeling confused, that's a really good sign that maybe maybe you're going the wrong direction because the truth is simple. While this law of harvest sounds simple, its implications are profound. We often wonder or reflect on the symbolic season of childhood with great fondness. Childhood represents hope, joy, innocence, a clean slate in the future, as it should. Jesus even likened the kingdom of God unto little children. When you are born again, you feel like you did as a child. You feel like anything is possible. Feel like you're invincible. Like you have the power to take on the future any way that you want to. Because in reality, the kingdom of God is just like this. When you are a child of God, anything is possible. The Bible says to live is Christ, but to die is truly gain. This makes you invincible. Because we have something that other people don't. We are not afraid of death. To die is my reward, and to live is Christ. To die is to get to know him in eternity, and to live is to get to know him in the temporal. Hallelujah. And we absolutely have faith for the future 
because we know who holds the future. Praise God. Praise God. When you are a child, you are doing a lot more than sowing. Excuse me. When you are a child, you are doing a lot more sowing than you are reaping. But the long-term reality of consequence has not yet been realized when you're a child. See, when you're a child, you're full of hope, you're full of dreams, anything's possible. Nobody can dash your enthusiasm. Why? Because you're still a sower. There hasn't been a whole lot of consequence yet. There hasn't been a whole lot of reaping yet. And we feel that same newness that we feel as a child when we are born again into the kingdom of God. Why? Because you are a child. You are a babe in Christ. You have a clean slate for the first time in a long time. That's why you feel like the impossible is possible again. Hallelujah. But it doesn't take long before a cognizance of consequence begins to settle into our perspective as we get a little bit older. The older we get, the more we become aware that I am reaping all of my yesterdays today. Every minute of every day, in every conversation, in every thought pattern, in every conscience and, and subconscious decision, you are reaping your yesterdays and simultaneously sowing your tomorrows. Your present reality is that you are reaping today what has already occurred and deciding today what your tomorrows are going to be like. Nobody, no decision, no day, no situation escapes the law of sowing and reaping. All of us are sowers and all of us are reapers. Knowing this reality, we should be intentional about what we sow and how we handle reaping what we have already sowed. Mm. Ooh, hallelujah. This is very important to understand because every time God turns somebody's life around, or every time the Lord invites you to the next level of relationship or the next level of maturity, there is a period of time where you have to reckon with all of your yesterday's decisions. Mm. Hallelujah. 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 And we need to understand this and therefore be intentional about how we're going to handle what we have been sowing in our yesterdays today. This is why this is so important for where the church is right now. Because God is inviting us right now to the next level. Ooh. Right now, God is opening a door. And saying, I want you to come up because I have more for this church right now. Mm. 
But what you're going to find out is the things you sowed at the level you were at before are not going to produce what you need to produce on this level right now. And so there's going to be a period of time where you have to alter your sowing and begin to sow in a new way at a new level of commitment, at a new level of consecration, at a new level of righteousness. And at the same time, you're dealing with the consequences or the reaping of your previous level of commitment, your previous level of righteousness, your previous level of consecration. Is everybody with me? All right. If reaping the negative consequence of past decisions causes you to be triggered and make more bad choices, you will stay in a destructive cycle. Many times this is what happens to people who are trying to make a comeback with God. They've made years of bad decisions. Their relationship with God was neglected. They neglected certain important spiritual disciplines in their life. And now God is bidding them to come home. They're trying to get to that next level. And they're trying to figure out, well, I, I don't understand why the results that I want to see on this level are not happening immediately. I'm still seeing the results of my previous level, but I stepped up here. Why am I not seeing the results that I want to see at this level? Mm. See, there is an overlap. Every time you graduate in the kingdom of God, where you have to reckon with the reaping of the previous level. But do not be discouraged because if you'll stay consistent and diligent on this new level that God has called you to, it's just a matter of time before the new seed begins to produce. Conversely, if reaping reward causes you to stall and become lazy in reward, you will reap inconsistency. How many of you have ever known an in, you don't have to raise your hands. How many of you have ever known an inconsistent person? Right? The pattern that I see so often in people who struggle with consistency is they put forth a massive amount of effort. And they get that momentum going. They start heading in the right direction. And when they start reaping the good seed, what happens? They back off a little bit, right? And they just decide, well, I'm just going to take it easy and ride out this momentum until all of a sudden things come to a screeching halt. And they have to dig out that inspiration again to commit again to push forward again when it would have been much easier to just stay consistent. 
And that's exactly where God wants to take us, to a place of consistency, greater faith. Oh, God have mercy. I'm telling you, consistency is the key that's going to unlock this door that God has in front of us right now. Praise God. So what do we do? How do I so intentionally? The Bible says, he that soweth to the flesh shall reap corruption. This is haphazard chaos. When you sow to the flesh, you will get chaos in your life. Your flesh will keep you sowing in the wrong places, at the wrong times, in the wrong ways, and then cause you to be upset at God and the church when you don't receive the results when and how you wanted them. But he that soweth to the Spirit shall of the Spirit reap life everlasting. We must, and I'm just going to tell you, I've never taught this before. But God was blowing my mind today. I couldn't get these words down on the page fast enough. We must be intentional about sowing to the Spirit. God gave you His Spirit. He filled you with the Holy Ghost. Remember, that's a who. It's not an it. He filled you with His Spirit. The Holy Spirit of God that you received in new birth has the potential to produce many powerful things in your life. But the only way that can happen is you must sow to the Spirit. I can't tell you how many times people become frustrated with God the church, and even the promises of God, they are expecting spiritual, powerful, miraculous results in their life, but they live every day sowing to the flesh. No prayer life, no consecration, no time in his word, filthy environment, terrible narrative. I don't understand why my life's a wreck. Why won't God step in and? And God is saying, I gave you. I put inside of you everything you need to have a victorious, purpose-filled life when I gave you my spirit. But now you have to decide where you're going to sow. Am I going to sow to my flesh or am I going to sow to my spirit? Church, we have got to get intentional about sowing to the spirit in our lives. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So how do I do that? How do I even know what to sow to the Spirit? Remembering that you did not receive an it but a who, which is the Spirit of God. You received the Spirit of God. You can ask yourself, what does God want? What do I sow to the Spirit? Well, what does God want? 
What does God want? God wants worship. Vocally praising and worshiping God will sow to the Spirit. John 4, 23 and 24 read this way, but the hour cometh and now is when the true worshipers, everybody say true worshipers, shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth. Colon. Why? It's giving us a reason right here after the colon. For the Father seeketh such to worship him. The Bible is revealing to us here a desire of God. He wants your worship. God is a spirit, and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. He wants worship from true worshipers and he qualifies what that means right here in John chapter 4 God wants worship oh my god have mercy and God wants truth mm. learning and growing in truth is vital to sowing to the spirit being I want you to think about that word being, right? We are not performers. They are not the perform attitudes. They are the be attitudes. Your character, your identity in Christ, who you are from the inside out should change. Being in truth is a part of being a true worshiper. Let's not be guilty of offering strange fire because we worship in spirit. We are emotional, demonstrative. We are moved by emotion of the atmosphere, but then we do not live and grow in truth. Mm. Worship is much more than praise. Worship is living in truth and praising him in spirit. See, if you're going to be a true worshiper, that doesn't just mean sincere. I'm a sincere worshiper or I'm a vocal demonstrative worshiper. If I'm a true worshiper, I live in truth. I walk in truth. My life exemplifies truth. Hey, you don't have to clap for my benefit. I'm telling you what the book says. You want God to receive your praise? You want God to receive your worship? He's saying, I'm looking for true worshipers. There's a whole lot of people that can offer strange fire. That's a Bible term. The, the Lord called it out on multiple occasions. When people try to enter into his presence or, or, or conjure up an answer from God or get into the good graces of God, but their life was a life of filth. Their life was a life 
life of sin and God called it strange fire why are you lifting me up with your words but denying me with your life well it's what the book says John chapter 17, verses 16 and 17. Read this way. They are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. Sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. Mm. You can't be a true worshiper and your life not be saturated in truth. Hallelujah. You will be an anemic apostolic if you do not spend time in the word on a regular basis. <laughs> Anemia is a deficiency of oxygen in the blood. And even though the blood, and we just heard about the blood on Sunday. I didn't plan it out this way, but this is where the Lord took me. The blood we learned is powerful, but guess what? The blood doesn't do what it could do because it's not getting what it needs when somebody is anemic. And so I can't expect the blood to work on my behalf. If I'm not sowing to the spirit, if I'm depriving my blood of oxygen, I can't expect my blood to replenish my muscles and give me the energy that I need it to give. I can't expect the Holy Ghost to empower me the way the word promises it will if I'm never sowing to the spirit. Mm. Hallelujah. God wants worship. God wants truth. God wants purity. According to John 17, verses 16 and 17, the truth has the power to sanctify. Sanctify means to purify or to make holy. If you are sowing to your spirit on a regular basis, then your life should be changing on a regular basis. I'm going to start putting this down and clapping for myself. Amen. When people tell me they're stuck, my question is, what's your spiritual diet? Because this book tells me that the Holy Ghost has the power to be a changing agent in my life. And if I'm sowing to the Spirit, things ought to be changing. Things ought to be moving. Things ought to be happening in my life. The nature of the Spirit is movement. It's a characteristic of the Spirit. So if I'm stale and my walk with God is stale and my, my relationship with the things of God has grown cold, it can only mean one thing. I'm not sowing to the Spirit. I've been sowing elsewhere. I ought to be purer today than I was yesterday if I'm sowing to the Spirit. 
I ought to be holier today than I was last week if I'm sowing to the Spirit. Well, I'm sowing to the Spirit. Okay, then take out a measurement and say, God, what's different about me this week than last week? God, what have I been working on this month that I wasn't working on last month? God, let me see in the rear view for the past six months or a year and show me where I've come. If there's some distance between your growth today and a year before, what does that mean? That means you've been sowing to the Spirit. And that's a reason to celebrate growth and victory in your life. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Too many of us, I want you to miss this because I, I felt like this was such a powerful uh, thing that the Lord showed to me. Too many of us try to placate the spirit or appease the spirit rather than sow to the spirit. Think of it like this, soothing your conscience rather than changing the behavior. Too many of us try to placate the Spirit or appease the Spirit rather than sow to the Spirit. It's easier for me to pacify the Spirit than it is for me to sow to the Spirit. Sowing takes work. Takes time. If I can come in and get the goosebumps and let Jesus touch my heart on Sunday morning, enjoy the atmosphere of faith, be entertained by a good word, then I can pacify my spirit. But I have not sown to my spirit. I can't sow for you. You've got to do the sowing in your own life. You've got to pick up the shovel. You've got to rightly divide the word of truth. Uh, and you've got to make an effort in your own life and say, God, I'm ready to grow. I'm tired of being stuck. I'm tired of going in circles. I'm tired of the destructive cycles in my life. God, I'm tired of coming in and just placating the Holy Ghost inside of me because I'm enjoying an atmosphere that I didn't cultivate, but I'm gleaning from it. And so I'm pacifying my spirit, but nothing is happening and nothing is growing because the other six days a week, I'm not doing any thing to sow to my spirit your walk with God is not a once a week visit to a, to a building amen let's stop placating our spirit as a substitute for sowing to the spirit We must be intentional, consistent sowers if we plan to reap life everlasting. You understand that the law of harvest and the example that it gave tied your salvation. It tied your eternity to where and what you are sowing. If you sow to the Spirit, 
you will reap life everlasting. I think sometimes we allow the days to go by and that clock to turn without giving enough thought that the decisions I'm making right now are going to impact where I spend eternity. They're going to impact where the people around me spend eternity. They're going to impact what's happening in the kingdom of God around me. Sowing to the flesh is our default. It's mindless. It requires no plan, forethought, or energy. But it costs you more than you can afford. Sowing to the spirit does not happen by accident. It requires planning, preparation, energy, and sacrifice. You're not going to sow to the Spirit accidentally. You've got to have a plan. And you can't sow to the Spirit just inspirationally. Because if you do that, it's only going to last a couple weeks. That's usually how it starts for most people. We are inspired to step into this arena of growth that I'm talking about tonight where you sow to the Spirit, but we fail to make a plan, so really we have planned to fail. Sowing to the Spirit requires preparation, planning, sacrifice, and energy. Sowing to the Spirit, and this is the part we all, all don't want to hear. Sowing to the Spirit will mandate saying no to your flesh. Sowing to the eternal will cost you saying no to the temporal. Well, Brother Vinny, I want to have my cake and eat it too. Well, who doesn't? And I got good news for you. But really, it's bad news. You can have your cake and eat it too. You absolutely can. You can be carnal and spiritual. And that's a tragedy. But it's possible. But you will be lost. That's the cost attached to having your cake and eating it too. You can give your flesh what it wants and give your spirit what it wants. But you will be powerless. You can know God, but him not know you. And that's what he's looking for. The Bible says there will be many. Why, why do we always exclude ourselves from many? I can't be talking about me. There will be many. That stand at the judgment and say, have I not cast out devils in your name? Have I Listen to the examples that it's giving. Have you, how many, don't raise your hand, but how many of you have cast out a devil? How many of you have laid your hand on, on a tumor and watched it disappear? How many of you have put your hand on somebody's blind eye and prayed for them and watched it open? The Bible says there are people that will have done these things in the name of Jesus with the anointing of God on their life and will stand at the judgment 
And God will say, depart from me. I never knew you. So, yeah, you can have your cake and eat it too. But eternity is the price tag of trying to be carnal and spiritual at the same time. Greater faith, if we are going to go to the next level, we've got to get honest with ourselves and we've got to get honest with God. We've got to be intentional about sowing to the Spirit. I felt to challenge you in the Holy Ghost tonight. If you have not been reading our Bible plan that we launched out together on in May, start now. Don't, you don't have to play catch up. Just start today. Say, I, I'm starting and I'm going to keep going forward. I'm going to get this truth in my heart. Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. Mm. If you do not have a consistent daily uninterrupted prayer time set aside with God the Holy Ghost is compelling me to challenge you to start doing these two things consistently have a prayer time set aside with God and have time in the word every day I would rather you pray five minutes every day uninterrupted then pray for two hours once a week two hours is more than five minutes a day but it'll make a greater impact than that two hours will consistency is the key and I'm telling you what would you stay on me I'm done I know you're shocked but I am I got more. This is part one, but I really felt that brevity was going to be in line for tonight because I want you to take away just a couple little nuggets tonight that you can apply to your life. And I felt the Holy Ghost challenging us, challenging this church body to go to the next level in prayer. Go to the next level in reading the word. If you can't do the Bible plan that we have, start somewhere. You know where I started years ago? This is how I developed consistency in the Word. I started with the book of Proverbs. My mom suggested that to me years ago. She said, son, it's got 31 chapters. And most months either have 30 or 31 days. She said, just read the corresponding chapter for the day of the month. She said, if you miss a day, don't go back. Just start on that day that corresponds to the date or the chapter that corresponds to the date. She said, and just keep doing that over and over until you develop a consistent habit of reading at least one chapter every single day. I was surprised at how hard it was, Brother Dwight, to develop consistency. It took me time. You know how sometimes I think we trip ourselves up? It is we have this ideal in our mind of this is where we want to be. 
But we're not willing to face the reality of this is where we are. And if this is where you are, you can aspire to be there, and you ought to. But you're not going to take a quantum leap. I've learned this in the kingdom of God. You're not going to take a quantum leap from here to here overnight. The only way you're getting from there to here is one step at a time. And consistency is the key. Let me tell you something. Everybody can pray five minutes a day. Everybody. Everybody has five minutes that they can carve out and say, God, I'm closing the door. I'm shutting everything off. And for the next five minutes, it's going to be me and you. Most of us could pray 15 or 20 minutes every single day. But don't start with 20 if you're not doing five. Start with something. Start with a chapter. Start somewhere. Start with the book of Psalms. Psalms is easy reading. And it's so encouraging. It's the, it's the milk of the word. It will uplift you. Psalms will make you fall in love with the word of God. That's how I felt. I fell in love with the Bible reading the book of Psalms. It's the sincere milk. Church family, I love you. I appreciate each and every one of you. And I want us to get to where God is taking us together. So I'm asking you to receive this challenge tonight. It's, it's between you and God. He's the one that's there through your week, and he knows where you're sowing your time, your energy, your effort. Can we pray together tonight? Thanks for joining with us today. Be sure to check us out online at greaterfaith.church or find us on Facebook by searching My Greater Faith. There you can watch this sermon and others, as well as live stream all available services. If you like what you heard today, be sure to follow our podcast for new sermons and Bible studies as they become available. Greater Faith. Everyone's welcome. Nobody's perfect. And anything's possible.